it's summer, right? Summer, we, we, we get to do everything we want, especially in this town, because most of the time it's snowing and it's cold and we can't do anything. But during the summer, it seems like we can go out, have barbecues, have picnics, and everybody seems to be happy during the summer. I saw a friend of mine posted something saying, summer, please don't go. <laughs> summer, please don't go. Because everybody seems to be pursuing happiness in our country, right? This is in the Declaration of Independence. But listen, this pursuit of happiness, it tells you to get to that one place. If you can just in, get enough money, if you can just get enough houses, if you can just have fun enough, right? Because everybody tries to, tries to justify their pursuit of happiness with that word, quote-unquote, enough. But it seems to be a moving target. Don't you agree? My fellow brothers and sisters that are from the Philippines here, right? Remember our lives, in, or not, maybe not you, but me. I remember I was just commuting there, and I was just happy. I was just like praying like, oh, Lord, just give me one car, and I'll be happy. Oh, man, when I got to America, that didn't seem to be true anymore. Well, Lord, give me a bigger car. Give me a faster car. Give me a newer car, better than his car. And then it became that. The word enough or that notion enough became or is an, a movable target for us. So the pursuit of happiness that the world has, has, has given us is actually, I believe, this is from the enemy. The enemy has planted this to the society all these years that we should be pursuing happiness. Sadly, even believers have fallen into that trap. Sadly, even us believers have fallen that when we become Christians, and when we become Christians, now that we are Christians, we should be happier. And then we come to find out that that notion that we have isn't true. Sometimes, being a believer, I'd say this much, most of the time, being a believer seems to be more challenging. Because the world that we live in is completely against Christianity. Completely against everything that the Bible, God, the word of God that we believe in, that we should be reading. <laughs> I said should be, because not everybody's reading it. A lot of us claim that we are Christians. We wear the shirt. We have the plate numbers. We belong to a church. We sign up for membership. But then our lives seems to be non-existent. The Christianity seems to be non-existent. We're pursuing, we're pursuing happiness by hook or by crook. I'm going to be happy. The Bible says, don't divorce your, your husband. God hates divorce. I said husband only. <laughs> God hates divorce. But then what's the main reason of people getting divorced? I'm not happy anymore. He's not making me happy. She's not keeping me happy. I'm going to leave her. This will never change. And then somebody commits adultery. And then somebody tells me, Pastor, you know, it's in the Bible. If it's adultery, you can divorce your wife. I go, sure, it's, it's there. But forgiveness is also in the Bible. Forgiveness is also in the Bible. So my, we're going we're gonna to review. We're going to review. We're going to recap the book of Galatians. But at the same time, I want this to be the backdraft. The pursuit of happiness that the country, the country that we are in, the society that we are in always tells us this. Pursue happiness. You only live once. So we're going to review the book. 
And then I want us to think of this other thing. If you are a believer, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, this should be what you're pursuing. The pursuit of godliness. The pursuit of godliness is a result of us pursuing God first. But then when we come to Christ, right? When we come to Christ, the change comes from the inside out. The reason most of you are always at church most of, most of the time that you guys are, are reading the Word and praying to God and following Him, it's not because you want it to be good. It's because that you know how good God has been to your life. And that there's so much more to learn about Him. There's so much more to be here. It's so much better to be here than in the beach right now. Although it looks, it seems to be a better picture than listening to me right now, right? Looking, being in Tahoe, enjoying the sun, getting your sun burnt, right? So you look good. You take your picture on your Instagram. Have your selfie. Life. Hashtag pursuing happiness. Right? We should be pursuing godliness. If you are a believer, you should be pursuing godliness. That's what Paul told Timothy. You, man of God, pursue godliness. So we're going to see... This is the first verse I'm going to use. Save by grace, not by works. The, the, the challenge for me is when I, when I wrap up this book or whenever I see new faces is I have to, I have to think about how can I still re relay a message to the people that just came to church this Sunday. So this for me right here on the first point is we are saved by grace, not by works. Being a born-again Christian, we agree and we accepted that gift from the Lord. That it is not by our works that we attain heaven. But it is because of what Christ has done on the cross for us. That He has paid for our sins. Correct? And this is what happened in the book of Galatians. They were penetrated, they were infiltrated by false prophets. Or false, false teachers. Telling everybody there that, hey, you know what? I get it. I get what Paul told you. But listen, you need to add to your salvation. Now you need to get circumcised. Right? And in pursuing happiness, if, if you don't understand that you are saved by grace, and you are trying to all of a sudden pursue godness so you can keep or stay saved, then you're wrong. Again, the godliness part, the craving, the wanting, the need to be right with the Lord should be coming from the inside out. It should be a result of our gratitude for God, of that everything that He has done for us, now and for eternity. Our obedience to Him is not because we can stay saved, so we can keep to go to heaven or stay to go to heaven, but it's because of what He has done. Look at this. And yet, because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's in the Bible, right? I know we've taken so many weeks on this, on this book, but it's just so meaty. I can go on for another two years with the book of Galatians. <laughs> I just don't know if you'll be here. But it's so, there's so much meat in there. And then look at the next thing. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Again, and not by works of the law, not by obeying the Ten Commandments. We want to obey the Ten Commandments because we love God. 
after accepting Christ as our Lord, after understanding what He has done for us, our lives change. Our desires change. Right? It should be that way. And, 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 and these people that, that followed the false teachers, Paul was, was trying to, to, to teach them correctly. That they made a mistake. And some will, that are probably on their way to do the same thing, he was telling them. And right now, for you folks here, God is telling you that. That God, that Jesus has paid for it all. You don't have to do anything other than accept Jesus as your Lord in order for you to attain eternal life. If you're a good person, that's in your eyes. Because your good works for God is like a dirty rag. That's in the Bible. Because, look at this. In verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Then Christ coming down from heaven, being sacrificed on the cross, dying on the cross, would have amounted to nothing. And if we believe in an all-knowing God, don't you think, that he knows better than you? Some of us, that's our problem. Some of us, we think we know better than God. Even believers. <laughs> you would pray about something that we know is against the doctrines. Against the teachings of the, of, of the word of God. But oh boy, we're good to argue. And then some of us, we use this, saved by grace, not by works. We use this to, to, to continue to live our lives our sinful lives so that we continue to, to satisfy our fleshly desires. We use this. Well, I'm saved by grace anyway, so I'm going to continue to party. Party hardy. Just in case you missed it, there's also in Romans. In, in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, it reads, For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law. Because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. The, the Ten Commandments was just there or is there for us to tell us that we cannot make it to heaven. It's just that sign, that speed limit sign. It's to remind you that if you're like me, you're breaking the law. It says 70 speed limit and I'm going 80. So I'm looking at them like, oh man, I'm just breaking the law right now. There's Santiago's not here, right? We have, a, we have a brother who is a cop, so. <laughs> right? The law is there to remind us that you cannot make it. Only Christ lived a perfect life, a sin, no sin. That's why he became, and he up to now, he is the only one that is the, our atonement to be right with the Lord. So now, think about this, and then think about the pursuing of happiness. If you are saved by grace, and then the world's telling you, pursue happiness. And then again, if, you were if, if you're thinking like me before, I continued with my life, my sinful ways. Because I understood the doctrine of grace. <laughs> I said, wow, I'm saved by grace. My sins today, my sins yesterday was paid for. My sins today is paid for. My sins tomorrow is paid for. Oh, Wow. And I could just continue to be the stupid me. So I continued my life 
the way I wanted. I lived it the way I wanted. I was hanging out with my friends like no other. I was drinking harder than the next guy. I was, I was telling stories that were just funny before, but obviously was not glorifying to God. So those same friends of mine, knowing that I'm a pastor now for the past four years, are still waiting. They're still waiting for me to fail because they cannot, they cannot, they cannot swallow that. How can this guy? Because, because of this, because of the bad testimony that I have done throughout the years, it's so hard to undo. It's so hard to undo. Right? Most of us, yeah, you, most of you probably won't be called as a pastor. Some of you might be called to be a pastor, a missionary. It'll be hard for you to convince or, or to be that testimony. It's a good thing. It's a great testimony. Because if, if God can change this person, right, that should be, that should how the, that's how they should be looking at it. If God can change this guy, God can change me too. But most of the time, it's because we served as a stumbling block rather than a stepping stone to Christ. Yes, we are saved by grace, not by works, but we are to glorify the Lord with our lives now. That's our second point. In the book of Galatians, Paul, God through Paul, told us that we are free through Christ. But we are free to live for Christ. Galatians 3.27, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Clothed with Christ. You are God's representative. You are Jesus' representative. You are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. Are you representing Him well? Are you representing Him well? I know in our town, the, this weekend was uh, Pride Week. I heard, I heard that it's Pride Week. And, and the, 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 the mayor, our mayor, had it, uh, love wins. She said, love wins. That's her post. Love wins. Love for who? Love for us, I suppose. Right? Love for what we think is right. Not for love for what God thinks or told us is right. So does love necessarily win if you are pushing your own agenda? That's why believers, it's complicated for us. As we continue to live in this world, it, gets, it will get more complicated for us. Because everybody else will be doing a certain thing, believing a certain thing, and we are the weird ones. We're the killjoy guys. Come take this shot. I can't. I don't want to. Why not? You're boring. All right. It's Pride Week. We should love everybody. The Bible says love everyone. Yeah, but the Bible says too, love God first, right? Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. That's the first command. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a result of our love for God. So if I love God first, I cannot be celebrating with the Pride Week. I'm not a bigot. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 I have a sister who is uh, practicing that lifestyle. I love her. I'll give her both my kidneys if she needed it. But I cannot support her with her lifestyle. 
Because of my love for God first. Because of my love for God first. Because if we are clothed with Jesus Christ, we are Jesus Christ to people. So everything that we stand, stand with or stand by, our, our political views, our lifestyle, the way we live, the way we speak, the way we treat people, it should be reflecting Christ because we are clothed with Christ. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, or like Daddy. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. You are God's son. We are God's children. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you are a child of God. Can we even try to wrap our mind around that? I know the world has told us, pursue happiness. So everything, you know what we're wrapped around with? The more money I make, the happier I am or I will be. The more properties I can attain, the more things I can have, the bigger the boat I can get, the happier I can be. We have so many examples that that's not true. You Hefner wasn't happy. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> I could have went with something else, but I went with you Hefner. <laughs> You Hefner or, or Solomon, let's just use Solomon. All right, so I'm biblical. I stay biblical. Solomon had 7,000 wives and 3,000 concubines. Oh, some of, you, some of the young guys were like, man, he's a pimp. Oh, that just says you're not married yet. Because <laughs> if you think you want 7,000 wives, my goodness, you were. It's so hard to keep one. <laughs> 7,000 wives and then three concubines? But yet he said what? That's meaningless, meaningless. He made so much money up to now. He, the, the, the Israel on what they attained through Solomon's reign, nobody could match it up to now. But he said meaningless, meaningless. His projects were, he, he knew everything. But he said it's meaningless. So are we pursuing, because for us to pursue, for us to pursue godliness, for us to be, to live for Christ, we have to say, I don't want the happiness that the world gives me. We, that's, that's a decision we need to make. The, the hymn, the hymn that, that uh, we, we sing when people get baptized, it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. People just like that to sing sometimes. But they, they've missed the point. We missed the point. When we surrendered our lives to Christ, we are free for Christ, not for ourselves. I have 20 minutes left. But I have more points to make. But it's okay. We'll do this one. Paul said it in Galatians 5, 13. He says, For you were called to be free. You who? The believers, the Christ followers. If you surrendered your life to Christ, that's you. You were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't use it for, <laughs> to satisfy your cravings. 
And I know we, we took an extensive study on the, the, the things of the flesh, right? But serve one another through love. Again, the love to God first. For that love for one another to be right, we need to be right with our love relationship with the Lord first. Because we can easily make our spouse an idol. Right? Some of us, we, we, hold, we hold God hostage. Lord, I will only follow you if you will change my wife. <laughs> change not the character, but change her. Replace her is what they mean. No. <laughs> so, sometimes we pray that way. Sometimes we, we treat God that way. We walk with conditions. We walk with the Lord with conditions. I will only follow you if you will bless me. I will follow you only if you will make my business flourish. I will follow you only if you will not make my life challenging. Heal my brother. Change my sister. Protect my family. Those are all fair, fair prayers. But they can easily, all of those things can easily be an idol. An idol is something or someone that we put ahead of God in our relationship with Him. Are you struggling with your marriage? If your answer is yes, you're probably making your spouse more important than your relationship with the Lord. You have struggles with your children? The problem probably is because you want to be admired by people that look at me, I have good children. If you have children, you know that's impossible. <laughs> that's a challenge itself, right? Our children are there to bring us down to our knees. Right? Lord, help me. Help me with this guy. It says you love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. Again, that's because if our love, if our love for others became more important than our love for God, we will end up devouring each other. How? Because we make ourselves more important or another person more important. And we forget, we forget that we are supposed to live for God. Not for our dreams. God gave us the dreams. God gave us the desires. God gave us the sexual desire. God gave us appetite to eat. To want to eat. To the appetite, because when we get thirsty, those are appetites given by the Lord. But they get what? They become wrong if we force it. They become wrong by sin. You know, sex, sex is God-given, correct? But adultery is wrong. Simple enough, right? To, to want to live a good life is okay. But to cheat on your taxes is wrong. <laughs> right? Because God said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And to the Lord, the Lord's. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. See, if you are pursuing happiness as, as the world has told us or conditioned us, the advertisers will, what, what did they do? What did the advertisers do? A Lexus commercial, before they show the car, there's a kissing scene between a guy, a guy and a girl. 700 wives. 300 concubines. There's a note there. Fact check. Not 7,000 wives. 
seemed like it's 7,000. <laughs> 700. <laughs> it's all the same, correct. It's all the same. Some legalistic believers over there in the back. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> the only way for us to not pursue happiness against God's will is if we're walking by the Spirit. We are walking and you will certainly, see, walk by the Spirit. Right next, by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. The world, everything that the world tells us is against what God wants for us to do. Reward yourself. Reward yourself. Do you know uh, who has that catchphrase? Mercedes-Benz. So if you don't buy a Mercedes-Benz, you're not rewarding yourself. <laughs> Catchy phrase. Very clever, I say. It's very good. A sign of success. Again, it's Mercedes-Benz. And we're all so conditioned with that, that if we meet a person and they're dr driving a, a, a Pinto, I don't know if they're still around, they drive a Pinto and you're like, man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Look at his car. Right? We're all so conditioned with this. But then the, the Bible tells us, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Folks, how many times do we go to church? Once a week. Some of us don't even make it on time. <laughs> right? We, we, we're here once a week. We're at work five times a week. We're with our, our, our co-workers that are not believers. They're, and then we're, we're on our Facebook for how many hours a week? And then we're at church for one hour. And, and that's it. That's all your Christianity. It, it begins and ends here. It begins and ends here. You come to church. You listen to me. You're half asleep, half awake, you know. <laughs> you know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I really didn't get anything. <laughs> and then you struggle. You go out to the world and the world tells you, do this, do this, do that. And, you're, and then you're struggling with your life because you're a new creation. The Holy Spirit that is in you is, is, is starving. It's starving because you're continuously feeding the flesh. You're not walking by the Spirit. And you keep wondering, why am I not growing with my life with the Lord? Well, because you're not doing anything. You are not walking by the Spirit. Why, why is the craving of my flesh much more powerful? Well, because you, can, you barely pick up your Bible. You don't even read your Bible. When you try to, you know, I, I suggest our daily bread. You know, it's easy reading, easy reading. I, I think so, most people still struggle with that. That's a minute and a half read. But when you're scrolling on your Facebook, ah, before you know it's two hours. You're like, oh my gosh. I've been on Facebook for two hours. I haven't done my devotion yet. I have no time. Lord, please bless me. Amen. You know, we're, we're, we're laughing, but we are free because of Jesus Christ. And we are, we, we are now free to live for Him. But what we constantly do is we live our lives for ourselves. And we struggle. The reason why we struggle is because we're not walking by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, verse 18, you are not under the law. Guys, everybody copies that. Roger that. Saved by grace. But that's it. I'm saved by grace. I live my life the way I want to. Because I'm pursuing happiness. The, big, the biggest ratio of, of divorces happens in the Bible Belt of this country. 
Alistair Begg shared this story about him and a pastor, and they were in a conference, right? They were, they, and, they, and the computer guy was helping them. He said it could be a Pakistani or, or somebody from the Middle East. The guy knew that they were pastors. So the, the guy goes, the IT guy goes, hey, can I ask you guys a question since you guys are pastors? He goes, yeah, sure, go ahead. Why is the marriage in America so ruined? And, and you know, and then the two pastors tried to say, you know, they, they kind of sidestepped it a little bit, but then said it, well, because the culture and the society, uh, but, you know, the people, the people that are walking with, with faith, the ones that are going to church, you know, the ones that are, are, have faith in Christ. And, and then the guy goes, he interrupted and he goes, oh, so you mean like, like, like my roommate, my roommate, the Christian guy that invites me to church. And they're like, yeah, that guy, that guy that sleeps with his girlfriend before marriage. That guy. And Alistair Brick goes, not really that guy. <laughs> Not what I had in mind. Believers, we all, we all are representative of Christ. If you have accepted him, again, going back to the first point, we are saved by grace, not by works. But we've been freed by Jesus Christ. But we are free to live for Christ. I know, oh, I know, I'd rather say the popular thing. I'd rather be like the, the flesh, the, the, the sinful me. I'd rather be like, I'd rather be politically correct. I'd rather be that. But the one that is in love with the Lord, and I love the Lord. I, I love the Lord now compared to how I loved Him before. It's different now. I don't know how else to tell you. It's different now. You know, it's, He's given me so much. He's given me a life. Following Him, He has given me a life that I could way past my imagination. And have I denied myself of many things? I have denied myself of many things. I continue to deny myself of many things. But that's God's way of protecting me. That's God's way of protecting us, folks. The world has many traps out there. There's so many baits out there. You know what a bait is, right? A bait is placed in a trap or a fish hook. Right? So the fish is swimming in the, in the morning. He's like, oh, look, breakfast. Did, little did he know that he's the breakfast. Because he, he took the bait. Folks, especially the believers, the world is giving us this bait. Pursue happiness. Pursue happiness. You only live once. That's a bait. From a safe environment, the fish was swimming falls into that trap. Same with us. The rules, the, the things that God has given us is to protect us. To the young people here. It says, the, the Bible says you cannot have sex, right? They can't have sex outside marriage. That's the whole teaching. It's to, it's to protect you. It's to protect you. The, 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 the homosexual relationships... Did you know that the AIDS virus started with, with the gay, it used to be called GRID, gay-related infection disease, I believe, is what it was called, until it became whatever it is, an autoimmune disease system, <laughs> syndrome. Okay, thank you. I got some, a lot of medical people here. Thank you very much. But look at this. 
We have to move forward. Freedom in Christ. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. It's in the Bible, folks. It's in the Bible. We need to not satisfy or live by the fleshly desires. But we can only do it if we're walking by the Spirit. This is in John 17, 7. If any, any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. He shall know of the ways of God. He shall know the teachings, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. This is Jesus speaking. Doctrine is an act of teaching or that which is taught. The use of the term in Scripture, talking about doctrine, however, is broader than a simple reference to information passed on from one person to another, or from one generation to the next. Christianity is founded on a message of good news, rooted in the significance of the life of Jesus Christ. In Scripture, then, doctrine refers to the entire body of essential theological truths that define and describe the message. Right? So Jesus, it says here, uh, the message includes historical facts, such as those regarding the events of the life of Jesus Christ. But it is deeper than biographical facts alone. Jesus' death is an integral historical fact, but it is not, it is not doctrine. Jesus' death for sins is doctrine. Doctrine, then, is scriptural teaching on theological truth. So, believer, how many of the doctrines do you know? For you to live by the Spirit, you have to know what God has said. How many times have you read the Bible? How many of us have finished the Bible from cover to cover? We believe in God. We accepted God. We accepted Jesus as our Lord. Because that's what the Bible says. But have you really taken your journey in reading your Bible? Studying it? Joining a Bible study group? How many times? How many of the doctrines do you know? And to this, this is from, I'm going to read to you something from Oswald Chambers from Atmosphere is Highest. The golden rule to follow to obtain spiritual understanding is not one of intellectual pursuit, but one of obedience. If a person wants scientific knowledge, then intellectual curiosity must be his guide. But if he desires knowledge and insight into the teachings of Jesus Christ, he can only obtain it through obedience. So if you're not growing in the faith because you are not obeying, if spiritual things seem dark and hidden to me, then I can be sure that there is a point of disobedience somewhere in my life. Intellectual darkness is the result of ignorance, but spiritual darkness is the result of something that I do not intend to obey. I agree with that point. Oh, I, it's over there. <laughs> Sorry. Let me share to you a story. I know of a, um, I know of a person who is um, uh, deaf. Okay, but she could hear. She could hear with the, the help of a uh, hearing aid. 
But for many years, the family that's been helping her or is employed by her has been giving her money to, you know, get, get that checked. And she lives in the Philippines. Get that checked, get, maybe get a new battery or whatever. But she's been complaining about headaches, and, she ha and she's still deaf despite the fact that she has a hearing aid. Until now, somebody found out that the money that's been given to her, she's been using to, to pay for her child's uh, school tuition fees. So she hasn't been, she has that, that hearing aid, she's wearing it, but there's no battery because she hasn't been buying it and she hasn't been going to the doctors because she pockets the money to spend for her child. So the, the, the employer's daughter paid for a new battery, got her checked and all that. Her ears have been infected. Her ears are now infected. It is now worse. But praise God for technology. Now, they bought her two hearing aids. And for the first time, since she was in college, she said, this is the first time that she can hear the piano that was being played downstairs where the mall, because they were at the mall. And there was piano being played downstairs. She saw it playing, but she couldn't hear it. But when she finally wore the hearing aid, she started crying. And she, showed, she, she thanked the daughter, and she goes, I can finally hear more than, than just a close distance. Because you have to be really close to her, or she needs to be really close to you for her to, her to hear you. And then while she was riding during the, in, in their car ride, she can hear the stories that were being told in the back. And she goes, oh, I can finally eavesdrop. Folks, we, we, we tend to take things for granted, right? The things that we have. For a, for a deaf person, that was huge. A piano playing, stories being told, because now she can hear. Believers, you're supposed to be hearing the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be hearing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you in your heart and in your mind. It is clear to you. The question is, why are you not listening? Why are you not listening? The last point is we reap what we sow. I know we took upon this for a long time. And this is the, the, one of the biggest truths in the book of Galatians. That we reap what we sow. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows... To his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good. But we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all. Especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Are you tired of doing good? If you are going to be honest, most of the time we are tired of doing good. Why am I the only guy not drinking in this party? And everybody seems to be having fun. And little things seem to be more funnier when you're drunk, right? <laughs> so you're the only one that's not laughing. Why? Sometimes you get tired of doing good. Why am I the only one that's not committing this? Well, all, everybody at my work are committing adultery. Why can't I indulge myself in that? I've been faithful to my husband for X amount of years. Why can't I do it? Well, he's been unfaithful to me. Because it's 
it's tiring. When everybody else is doing a different thing, the opposite of what God has told us, and we're the oddball, it gets tiring, right? It gets tiring. Why am I obeying my parents? While all my friends are like disobedient, it seems like they're having fun. They're doing drugs and drinking. They're not getting in trouble like my mom told me. Why am I the only one? This is what Paul said. Don't get tired of doing good. And in Galatians 2.19 to 20, for, for, the, for through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. Some of us, we still have to make that decision. We've all made that, that we, we did the lip service. I live for God. I'm a Christian. We've said it. We said the right things. We've even prayed it. Right? But we are, we are prone to wander. Right? The, one, one of my favorite uh, hymns is that. Prone to wander. Lord, I know it. Right? Because we're like that. Like the Israelites. Moses said, I'm going to go up in the mountain. You guys stay here. After being delivered from the hands of, of Pharaoh, after seeing the water part, Moses goes out, goes up in the mountain. What did they do? Aaron, we're bored. Make us a God. Maybe Moses is not coming back anymore. We're so quick to forget how good God has been to us. We're so quick to forget God's love for us. We're so quick to forget that we don't deserve Him, but He pursued us. He pursued us. Now that we belong to Him, it should just be right. Don't you think? It should just be right that we would live for Him. Don't you agree? Paul knew it. He says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. And this is the mature, when you hit maturity right here, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Some of us believers will still need to go through our crucifixion. We still need to crucify our flesh. We still have to make that conscious decision because God's not going to force it. I might force it. <laughs> I can try, right? But I'm not going to be successful. God will never force it. We have to go there willingly. We need to crucify ourselves willingly. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood it. Paul got it. For him, he said, for me to die is gain. Because if he dies, he goes to heaven. But to live is Christ. Folks, I know, I know the world tells us, the advertisement tells us, advertising tells us, all the marketing ads that we see, and we're always on TV, we're always on our phone, rather than on our Bible, we're always there. And it tells you, pursue happiness by buying this, getting that, doing this, doing that. Go to the most unforgettable, memorable vacation. Have the best wedding. Hire the best videographer. So that you will never forget about your wedding. That's good and all. But then if God's not there, guess what? You'll probably go through divorce like everybody else. We need to live for Christ. We need to die. We need to kill ourselves. No, what? Wait. 
No, do not kill yourself. <laughs> we need to go to our crucifixion. We need to crucify ourselves. If you're a believer, do not kill yourself. <laughs> there is hope. There is hope, folks. God will change your situation, circumstances. This is another preaching altogether. The conclusion. The enemy has the world. The enemy, Satan. His, his, his goal is to seek, kill, destroy, right? That's what he does. So he's looking. And we all fall into our desires. Our, the sins that we fall into, we have those desires in our hearts. It's, it's been in us. If you end up saying a bad word, you know, it came from your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The world is being controlled by the enemy currently. And he has the best trap, one of the best traps that he has given to the world is the pursuit of happiness. Because that's a movable target. If you will never be completely satisfied and happy without the Lord. Because only God will be the one to truly fill, to truly fill your heart completely. Once you are falling in love with the Lord, like Paul, even though you are on your way to your, your um, what do you call it? You're going to cut your head off, your execution, even in Despite that, you will, face, you will face that challenge with a smile. We have to completely fall in love with Him. And we need to know that the, the traps are out there. Without the Lord, folks, hope, hopefully, you, if you missed everything that I said, at least this one, you will never be happy without the Lord. You will be happy for a little while, but then for the long run, in the long run, you will be sad again. It will take another girl, another relationship, a bigger house, another car, credit card debts, left and right. <laughs> another trip, another trip to the Philippines, a longer trip to the Philippines, and then you come back, and you come back, and then you're burdened with bills, right? You will never be happy. Without the Lord, you will never be happy. Life is full of challenges. The Lord, I'll close with this. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. But behold, I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So who do we need to pursue? We need to pursue Jesus. Amen? We need to pursue Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you. We thank you for your message, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that your people's minds and hearts were open to your truth, Lord, tonight. And I pray, Father God, that the Holy Spirit in all of us, Lord God, will empower us, Lord, to live our lives for you. I pray for wisdom for all of us that we will see the traps of the enemy, the traps that are being placed in front of us, left and right, front and back, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that we will have that wisdom to recognize, Lord, what is your will and what is not your will for us. Lord, I pray for that soul, Lord God, that you are speaking to. I pray, Lord God, that they will just surrender their lives to you now. Because you said in your word, Lord, that the day of salvation is today. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for blessings for your people. The ones that are, not that are almost there, the ones to give up in doing good. I pray, Lord God, strengthen them. Sustain them, Father God. Help them. 
I pray for the children that are constantly obeying their parents. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you bless their obedience. I pray for the faithful spouse, Lord God, with an unfaithful spouse. Lord, I pray that you strengthen him or her. I pray for the unfaithful spouse. Lord, I pray that he or she will see the error and will stop doing what they're doing. And Lord, I pray for healing for those who are sick once again. I pray, Father, for salvation with those who are lost. Lord, bless this church. I pray that you find us pleasing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing hymn.